Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app and find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. This morning we are talking about the power of words and how what you say conveys different emotions. And we've been in this series called To Whom It May Concern. And in this series, we're looking at letters that were written in the Bible. And these were letters that were written to the early church and to different church leaders. And whenever they would arrive, they would stand up um, in a setting just like this and read them and talk about what God was challenging them with. And as we've looked at these letters, um, these letters, even though they're thousands and thousands of years old, they're still speaking to us today. And they're challenging our lives um, in the way that we live in relationship with one another, um, in the area of our finances, in the, um, our faith, how we live out our walk with Christ and how we're supposed to be as the church. And so we've been looking at these letters, allowing God to speak to us, um, to whom it may concern and allow God to really challenge our life in a lot of different areas. And today we're looking at the power of our words. And you just saw how, you know, words have changed over time. The words that we use um, in different time frames, they're different, but they still convey emotion. They can convey love or they can convey frustration. Okay, they can convey um, how committed we are to someone or how quickly we want to let someone go. That's the power of our words. And we don't often really stop and think the impact that our words have or what our words can convey, that these sounds coming out of our mouth can express what we're feeling or the intent of our heart or our dreams. But today we want to look at that and we want to look at what God's word says about this, about how we speak and the impact that those words have. And so if you have your Bibles, turn this morning to James chapter three, and we're going to start reading at verse 3. And if you didn't bring a Bible, that's okay. We have a Bible in the seat in front of you. And you can take that out and turn to page 587. It may be one or two seats over. But I want to encourage you to do that and to follow along with us as we look at this letter that James is writing and what he's saying to the early church. And once you have that, hold on to that for just one moment. And in case you've never read the book of James or you're not familiar with this letter, I'll give you a little bit of um, some background on this. This letter is written by the brother of Jesus. That's who James was. And so he's the brother of Jesus. He didn't start off as a believer. Okay, He didn't believe that um, Jesus was the son of God. He started off as a skeptic. And as you read through the gospels, you kind of see that come out. You see different interactions where Jesus' brothers, they actually opposed him and what he was trying to do and the will of God in his life. But James has this conversion experience and he becomes a leader in the church in Jerusalem. And he writes the church. um, This is about 25 years after the death and resurrection of Christ. So not a lot of time has passed, but James feels like, hey, as a church, we're forgetting some things that Jesus said. And even though there's not been that much time, we need to remember, we need to rehearse. And so it's this very challenging letter to remind the church of what Christ has called them to do. James is an action-oriented letter. And over and over again, he's telling the people, hey, let's live out our faith. And he's not talking about the works that we do that they earn salvation because that's not what the Bible says. We can't earn or work hard enough for God to save us. Okay, no one can do that. 
But what he's saying is since God has saved us, since God has come into our life, the difference that Christ has made, it should bring about change and we should live differently. We should love people differently because of what Christ has done for us. And so we see this challenging passage in the book of James chapter three, where he's talking about the power of our words. And let's look at this, James three, starting at verse three. And he says, not many of you should become teachers for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouth of horses so that they obey us and guide their whole bodies as well, or look at the ships also, though they are so large, they are driven by a strong wind and are guided by a very small rudder. Whoever wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among its members, starting the whole body and setting the entire course of life and set on fire by hell itself. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind Yet no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. What is it that James is writing about here? What is it that he's trying to convey in this letter to to get across to the church. What is it that he wants them to remember? He's telling them that their words have power. And he's giving us this imagery that even though our tongue is a small thing um, in, in comparison to our whole body, it has a powerful um, effect inside of our lives. And this is what he's speaking about. And he gives us this imagery. You put a bit inside of a horse's mouth, right? This bridle. And with that, you're able to control the direction that that horse goes. He, he says, imagine a giant ship and it's steered by this small rudder in comparison to this large ship, but it directs everywhere that that ship goes. Or he said, imagine a forest, miles and miles of trees brush, all of this vegetation that is there, this beautiful picture, and yet all of it can be destroyed by this tiny spark. And then he says, that's what your words are. That's what your tongue does. That's the power of your words and the power of your mouth and what you speak. It has the ability to direct your life. It has the ability to direct the course and, and the position in which you are going. Your tongue has the ability to heal or to destroy what is around you. And that's what James is trying to get across. It's what he's trying to help them to understand. Your words are powerful and they can either kill or they can heal. Your words are powerful. They can either kill or they can heal. That's what he wants them to understand. Now, he's not saying the tongue in and of itself is evil, right? Like these muscles and the tissues and the blood vessels, the taste buds. I mean, food is so amazing, right? So our tongue can't be all bad. So what is it that he's saying? He's saying, hey, it's the words that we convey with that. It's the things that we speak. It's what actually comes out of our mouth that can be full of evil and can cause pain and can cause destruction to those around us. That's what James is trying to help them to understand that what you speak and what it is that you say, it carries weight. Your words carry weight whenever you convey them. 
And then trying to, get the, trying to help us to understand, what is it that we're saying? And think about that. What direction are our words taking us in? The things that we're saying, what effect is it having on the people around us? Around us? Is it bringing life or is it bringing death? Is it bringing healing or is it bringing destruction? Is it mending or is it destroying? Because that's what our words have the power to do. And James is writing this and conveying to the church, don't forget what Jesus said, that we should bless others with our words, that we should bless others with what we're saying. The Bible talks about this over and over again. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1, it says this, a good answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. A good answer turns away wrath. Harsh words serve anger. This is what James is talking about. Your tongue can be a fire that sets a situation ablaze, right? Guys, we know this because we always say the wrong thing to our wives, don't we? Right? You've been in those situations. And, and as your words come out, you wish that they were something physical that you could grab and pull back, but you can't, right? And, and you say those. Why? Because our words have impact. And you could be sitting there. Um, man, I've talked to so many couples. They're sitting there having a casual conversation, and then just something is said, that harsh word, and all of a sudden, things blow up, right? You guys have been there. Nope? Okay. No one? Or you're just too embarrassed to admit it? Because I'll admit it. I do this all the time with people, and, and it's just a normal conversation, but then I say the wrong thing. Something wrong comes out of my mouth, and all of a sudden, a tense situ situation kind of erupts. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it talks about this, and it says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Life and death, the ability to kill or the ability to heal, life and death is in the power of what you say, what you're telling others, what you're conveying actually carries weight, and your words have power, church. And that's what James is trying to get the early church to understand. It's what God is speaking to us this morning, that what we say has an effect on those around us. We don't often think about that. I mean, it just slips out, right? Like whatever we're thinking, it kind of comes out and it impacts those around us. And we have to stop and think, what effect are we having on those around us? If our words carry weight, if there's power to them, what is it that we're actually conveying? What is it that we're saying and what effect is it having on our coworkers, on our family, on our spouse, on other people around us? What impact is it having there? You know, I was thinking about this. James is writing this because we use so many words. James uses over 250 words to convey this. I figured it out this morning, standing here from this stage. I'm going to use over 8,000 words. I mean, that's quite a bit when you think about 8,000 words in the time that I'm up here. And you may be sitting there thinking, well, I'm not like that because I don't kind of speak for a living. That's not really what I do. But do you realize that one-fifth of your life will be in conversation? You'll talk one-fifth of your life. That's what you'll do. And I know there's this, you know, there, there's this kind of thought that, hey, women talk a lot more than men. It's probably a little bit true, but we're not that far off from each other, right? You just get guys talking about the right thing. Football, the Dallas Cowboys, football season starting. I mean, we can use some words, right? And that's what we do. One fifth of our life is spent talking. It's spent conveying these ideas. It carries power in what we're doing. And you may not think about this, but you're going to write this book this week almost 400 pages. That's what you're going to do. In the conversations that you have, in the words that you say, your words will fill up over 400 pages this week 
from the discussion. Some of them will be surface level conversations. Hi, how are you doing? I hope you have a good day. And some of them will be much deeper. You'll talk about what you're going through or emotions that you're feeling or what's taking place or what's stressing you out. All of those are words that will fill up your life this week. And my question is, are you realizing the impact, the amount of words that we use and that those words carry weight? And I was thinking in a different way. Each of these books have about 200 pages. Do you realize that over the course of this year, you will write 130 books? 130, church. You may have thought, I'm not an author. I don't do it. No, you're going to write 130 books over 200 pages each. That's what you're going to fill up this year. And my question is, what will these books read like? You know, if someone were to come at the end of your day and they were to pull that down and they were to open them up, what would they read about? Would they read about life? Would they read about healing or would they read about death and destruction and darkness? How are they going to see that you're talking to your kids? How are they going to see? What are they going to learn about you from the way that you converse with your spouse? What are they going to find out about how you really feel about that coworker or about that boss? See, your words carry weight. There's power to them, church. And we don't often think about this, but you're filling up pages in your life. You're filling up conversations. You're filling up books. And my question is, what are those books really about? What are you doing with the words that God has given you? With the amount of time that we're going to talk over the course of our life, what is it going to actually convey to those around them, to those people around you, those people in your life? What is it going to say about you? Because James is trying to get us to understand. You have to understand there is life or death in the power of your tongue. In the things that you say, it can either start a fire in your life, it can break down relationships, or it can bring healing to the people that you're around. That's what you have the power to do. And that's my question for you this morning, church. What are you writing? What is it that you're saying? Is it life? Is it giving life to those people around you. I know so many times we think, well, they're just casual conversations. They're just things that I say, but that's not the truth. There's weight to them. There's weight to them. And what is it that you're speaking to that coworker, to that boss, to that neighbor? What is it that your kids are hearing you say? And so many times we focus in on the negative, like we think, you know, I did that. Even as I was thinking through this message and thinking about all the words that I use, I started going back and thinking about things that I may have said to my wife or my kids, things that I said to that person that cut me off while I was driving down the road, like things like that, just what it was that I was conveying. But I started to think about it like this. What if there were 400 and something people this week that decided to speak life? Just think about that, church. 400 and something people this week that heard this message and said, wait, we're going to do something with this. We're going to do something. We realize that our words are powerful, that they could heal or they could kill. And this week, we're going to choose to speak life into every situation that we're in, into every circumstance, into every conversation. We're going to look how we can encourage. We're going to look how we can uplift people. We're going to speak that. Why? Because James says this, that as we look at people, the people that we interact with, that they're made in the image of God. The way that you're talking to people, does it express that to them? Hey, you're made in the image of God. You're created. You're a reflection of the creator. You were made like God. Or are your words tearing them down? Are your words belittling them? 
And we don't think about that so many times, the power of our words. We think, well, I said that, but that person never heard it, so it's not affecting them, right? Like, like I conveyed that, but they weren't in the car with me, right? Like I yelled at that idiot that cut me off, but no one heard that except your kids that are in the back seat. And are you conveying to them that that person's made in the image of God? Well, my boss never heard that. Yeah, but your coworker did. And are you conveying to your coworker? Oh yeah, that person's made in the image of God. See, your words carry weight, church. And we've all been there. We've all been in that moment where we felt someone else's words cut us when it's hurt us, when it's affected us. And yet we continue to do that to other people. Do you realize that life and death is in the power of the tongue? That what you say makes an impact? And my question is what you're feeling up in this book this week. Is it life? Is it life to other people? Is it showing them that they're made in the image of God? Is it talking about their worth and their identity and who God has made them to be? Or is it tearing them down and destroying them? Because your words are doing something. Your words are doing something. And that's what James is writing. He's saying, hey, it's only been 25 years and we're already starting to stray. We're losing focus of what Christ has called us to do, what he's challenged us with. And we have to make sure that our words reflect who God is, reflect his character and reflect his nature to everyone around us. There is power in the words that we speak. And as we start to realize that, God, there's power in my words. And God, there's so many of them that I use Every week, God, I want them to bring life. We have to look at the second issue that James addresses here. If you still have your Bibles, you can turn them. James chapter 3, verse 9, the middle of that passage that we read, James 3, 9 says this, talking about our words, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes a blessing and cursing. My brother, these things ought not to be. Does a spring bring forth the same, from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. What's James reminding us here as we realize the power of our words? He's reminding us that what comes out of your mouth starts in your heart, church. What comes out of your mouth starts in your heart. See, it's back to what Jesus said in the Gospels, that it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. And James says, you're looking at your words and you're realizing, wait, these can bring death. This can cause destruction, Lord. What I say can actually have an impact. And you realize that it's negative. You have to look at the source. Because he's saying fresh water and salt water can't come from the same source. He's saying it can't happen This should not be that in one moment we would bless God and in the next moment we would curse our brothers. He's like, that's not what Christ has called us to. And when that begins to happen, we have to look at the issue of our heart, where everything comes from. I know we say that so many times. Well, it just slipped out. It didn't just slip out. It was in there. And it just got expressed is what happened. Because you have to start to look at, hey, what's the source of that like? What's the source of that? What's going on in my heart, God, that I would speak those kind of things about people who are made in your image? And I was thinking about that. I want to give you this other picture. You know, I mentioned this, that while I'm up here, you know, on this Sunday, I'm going to speak about 8,000 words. And there's times whenever I'm up here that my mouth gets dry. And I would love to just stop in the middle of a message and take a drink of water like this. 
And you can see this. This is ice cold water. There's lemons cut up into this. And just how refreshing this is. That's good, you guys. You get a little bit of that lemon flavor. It's ice cold. And, and after having talked so long and my mouth gets dry, like, it's so good, right? Because of the source of where this came from. We got this from some bottled water. Um, and it's just refreshing. But if I took this, and this is marked with an X, so please don't come drink this after service. Because the source of this was um, a bathroom toilet that someone had just used. And, and if I were to take this and I were to pour this in here. Oh, I don't even want to touch this. I hope it didn't spill. And I grab this and I were to offer you this, it's not going to be as refreshing. And if you drink this, you're most likely going to end up sick. Why? It's because of the source of where it came from. And it still looks pretty on the outside, right? It's got the decorative limit. It's all there. Like the glass still looks nice. It still feels cold. But the source of where it came from is what the problem is. There's bacteria. There's other matter in this that you don't want to drink. It's not going to be refreshing to you. And that's what James is trying to help us understand. What's the source of your heart like? And your words, the words that are coming out of your mouth, where are they coming from? Is it salty or is it fresh water? Is it bringing death or is it bringing life to those around? What's that source like? And you and I, we have to examine our heart as we see that, that, that what we're giving to other people, what we're bringing to other people would actually be life to them, that it, it would revive them and it would resource them. And James is saying it shouldn't be like this. We shouldn't come into a room like this. And sing these songs of declaring, God, you're so good. Lord, you're the one that saved me. God, I love you. Lord, you've called us your own. We're your sons and daughters. Praying prayers of, God, I want to be made in your reflection. God, I want to be your love to the world around you. And then we walk out those doors and our words are filled with death. He's saying this should not be the case. You need to examine the source in your life. You need to examine your heart and what your heart is like and what's coming out of that. What's coming out of your heart? Because if there's negativity, if there's anger, if there's any of those things, it's going to come out in the words and the language that you speak. It's going to convey that to other people that are around you. Would you yell at your wife when you say that to your kids? See, it's what's coming out. It's what's on the inside that is coming out of you. And we tell this to our kids all the time. When they come home from school and they're like, hey, dad, so-and-so said this about me. And they were making fun of me and the kids were laughing and they were saying things that were hurtful. And sometimes there's tears in their eyes. And we have to remind them, hurt people, hurt people. That's what happens. And in those moments, those kids are saying things because there's brokenness in their life and it's what's coming out of their mouth. And there's insecurities and there's fears in their life. And I wish I could tell you we grow out of that, that we get to um, our adult life and we no longer have those problems. But that's not true because their brokenness is still there many times. And so what we're saying to other people is because of your fear. It's because of my fear. Those words that we speak is because of insecurity or anger or frustration that is there. And so we want to tear other people down so that maybe somehow we could feel a little bit better about ourselves. And James is like, you need to examine the source. It's broken. It's polluted. There's destruction in there. And it's what's going to come out of your mouth. And he's saying, this is not how the church should live. 
This is not how we should be. And I want to encourage you, church. I want to challenge you because James is all about taking what we hear and putting it into action. What would it look like if we started to live this out? I mean, think about the amount of conflicts that would not incur in marriage in your home if we simply thought about what we were saying. If we simply chose life, if we simply chose to speak life over death, over harsh words, over angry words, if we spoke encouragement to those around us. Think about how your workplace would be different if you didn't gossip, if there wasn't that in your workplace. Think about how much more productive the team could be getting things accomplished if you weren't striving against each other, if you weren't constantly cutting each other down to make yourself look better. Think about how different that would be. See, James is saying, we've got to be a church that lives this out. And so I want to give you these three things. I want to encourage you this week that you would focus in on these as we look and understand the power of our words, that they can either heal or they can kill the power that our words bring, that we would live out these three actions. And this is it. The first one is simply understanding that your words have power. I mean, that truth, just carrying that into this week, when you wake up on Monday or, or Wednesday, right, when it starts to get to the end of the week and you're frustrated, but you start to realize, you keep that understanding there, God, my words have power. What I say today to that person that's going to come into the store, what I say to that, that person that I'm going to interact with, that conversation that I'm going to have, that family member that frustrates me, God, I recognize that my words have power, that I bring that into those conversations. The second thing, I'm going to use my words carefully. Not only going to understand and have that knowledge of the weight that they have, but actually how I use them, God. I'm going to be careful in what I say and what I speak, Lord, because I want to bring life to those around me. God, to that cashier who looks like they're having a rough day, Lord, I want to speak encouragement. I want that person to know through that interaction with me that they were created in your image. God, when my kid is hurting, Lord, I don't want to just fly off at the handle, but I want to realize, God, what are they going through? And I want to use my words carefully to bring healing to them, Lord. And then that third thing, God, if there's ever moments this week, and I promise you there probably will be church, where something negative comes out of my mouth or where I want to say something, I'm going to examine my heart. And I'm going to evaluate the source again and say, God, is there something broken? Am I carrying something, God? Am I carrying anger or hatred, God? Is there insecurity or fear in here, God, that I need to ask you to resolve so that it doesn't spill over into other people? I'm going to examine my heart this week so that my conversation reflects Christ. Church, your, word, your words have power. This week, you have the power to bring life to people. You have the power to speak encouragement. You have the power to change someone's week and change their outlook, outlook to remind them that they're created in the image of God. That's what your words have the power to do. And